Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. It is just Stacy again. <laughs> Rich is uh, still recovering, but hopefully he'll be back with me in the next week or two. Um, but in the meantime, I have uh, Mike Bettig with me uh, via via phone anyway. Um, I'm feeling a little under the weather today and I didn't want to get anybody sick. So I have uh, Mike Bettig with me from Sawyer Highlands and Converge Church in Sawyer, Michigan. Um, and Mike was our speaker this past Sunday. Hi, Mike. Hi, Stacy. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for joining us. Um, so, Mike, you, yeah, I, I kind of want to jump right in here. You talked um, on Sunday sure. um, about John chapter four, and I think that most of us kind of just know that as the the woman at the well story. Um, and Rich and I have talked about this in the past when we kind of cover. Um, I guess I don't want to say popular stories from the Bible, but, but there are a few that kind of stand out and pretty much everybody knows whether you've attended a church or not. And I think this is one of those those stories that has been told to just about everybody. So um, I think it's it's good when we have these messages that we dig a little deeper into them so people, yeah. people don't get misconceptions about what it might really mean. So I, I definitely appreciate it when anybody is is able to dig a little deeper into those things. So that's that's what I wanted to start. I really enjoyed your your message. <laughs> oh, great! Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a fun passage, and it, it is a story that everyone knows. But there's a lot of mysteries or riddles that Jesus says uh, in this passage that at least for myself, when I read it, you know, it makes me scratch my head and wonder what in the world he's talking about. So, right. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, what I, what I found interesting about this passage in the, I've, I've never really thought about it before, but one of the questions that you posed, um, was who is the woman talking to? And, and obviously we can get in that a little bit later, but it mentions in there purposefully, obviously that the woman is a Samaritan. And, and you, you touched on that in your, in your sermon, but I guess I started thinking about it. I mean, obviously at that time there was Samaritans had a reputation <laughs> and, yeah, and Jews yeah. and Samaritans really didn't interact. Um, yeah. Why do you think that in this particular passage, it was so important that it was included that she was a Samaritan speaking to Jesus? Do you think that there's, I mean, obviously there's a reason for that, but what do you think that is? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, unlike the synoptic gospel, so, you know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you, you see a greater focus in those gospels to Jesus interacting with the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And I think in John, uh, he kind of goes outside, uh, that norm in some places. And so this is just one example of him, of Jesus interacting with, gentiles and not just with jews um so i don't know exactly why john does that except for to maybe uh give us an idea that you know uh christianity you know jesus and what he's done for us it doesn't just include uh israel but it includes gentiles as well you know the whole world and i think that's probably what john is trying to allude to when he brings in these events that take place with Gentiles. Right, Jesus, so. right. One, it, it also kind of made me think about, you know, what if Jesus was 
having a conversation like this with somebody present day, <laughs> like it, it could be, you know, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so exactly. I, I definitely saw the parallel there and I thought that was interesting. And I guess I wondered what a conversation like with that, like that might look like. Yeah. Especially with a strange man who, you know, in that time you weren't really going to talk with them, you right, know, like right. they weren't really going to interact with you and kind of look down upon you and, so you kept your distance with each other. And so it, it makes for a very interesting conversation that he has with her. And it's almost like, it almost looks as though they're talking past each other hmm. um, throughout this whole uh, conversation that they have. Um, but it's interesting where they land. Um, it seems like the woman begins to realize a little bit more, you know, throughout the conversation of who this person really is. Right. You know, at first he, she just sees him as a Jewish man. Right. And at the end, um, actually, I didn't get to this in the message, but at the end, um, it's revealed that he's the Messiah that right. they're waiting for. Right. So she, you know, kind of, kind of asks about it at the end. Right. Well, and you think about it when when we realize when Jesus says to her that I know you've had this many husbands, and so she. She probably already had some kind of oh preconceived notion or or thoughts <laughs> specific thoughts about men in general because if a woman's had that many husbands at any time you know things have happened in her life that probably haven't been great oh, yeah. with men <laughs> and yeah. so she probably I would assume would be a little bit cautious in general um, about talking to a strange man. So for her to, for Jesus to say, I know who, essentially, I know who you are, um, that, that, that had to be kind of like, whoa. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is he is a stranger. He's not from around there. Right. So, you know, it was, you know, like small towns. Right. Like everybody knew everybody else's business. But for a stranger to come in and actually reveal that to her, that was probably very shocking and surprising and and her response kind of tells us that it was in the sense that she says hey i perceive you're a prophet you know after right. he kind of lays her life out for her right she begins to understand oh, wait a minute here this this guy is more than he seems um, right and so she says it's it's funny how she says it that i perceive that you're a prophet <laughs> yeah you know, it just kind of dawns on her after she's exposed like she is that, right. oh, okay, there's there's something more towards to this man, you know. Right. And then, as you said, you, you didn't get to it in the sermon exactly, but if you go on, then she realizes that he's the Messiah. But this is such a, yeah. you yeah. know, even even after, I think I'm you're going to have to remind me, was it John 1 through 24 that you focused on? Yeah, it was specifically 1 through 24. Okay. Um. And the focus was a little bit more on uh, at the end of, um, let me find it here, at the end where he's talking about worship. So he spends mm -hmm. quite a bit of time, verses 20 through 24, mm -hmm. is all about worship and where one goes to worship. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's the theme of the whole passage i mean it's interesting that he does start with if you knew who i was right and then at the end of verse 26 is um you know she asks i know that there's the messiah that's coming and he says i can speak to you and he so 
she it's revealed of who he is but the whole conversation kind of revolves around this living water and what it what it all entails but right. it, it lands in worship right um and so it's like how how does this whole conversation flow and it seems like it takes all these twists and turns and kind of in a very uh, short time off. it appears like yeah <laughs> so that because yeah. it's a, like it's not a long passage here <laughs> yeah it's not a long conversation and it it's funny because it almost looks like jesus is kind of um adhd or something <laughs> where you know he like sees a squirrel and goes, girl you know and, and goes a different direction right and but there's a method to his madness like sure. he's he's actually <clears throat> trying to bring this woman along to a revelation mm-hmm. and it's just interesting how he does it um we when we read it at least when i originally read it long ago i couldn't make the connection in it you know, it was until somebody that was a little bit smarter than I was that <laughs> kind of started to bring it together for me, um, where I realized, wow, there's there's a lot going on here that someone may realize. Right. Um, you you touched on you spe- you spend a lot of time in on Sunday, but um, the the idea of living water and uh, yeah, you know, it's no no uh, coincidence that they're at a well, <laughs> um, yeah. and yeah. and this woman is used to excuse me, drawing water from that well probably every day. Um, and as you said, it's it was grueling hard work to do um, to get water for literally their every need. Um, yeah. So it's it was it was kind of funny to me how it confused her for a little bit how as to what he was talking about with this living water because she thought it was a, a, a tangible thing that she could, you know, drink and never be thirsty again. Um, but you know now as in, in as 21st century christians we we hear and use that phrase all the time and understand what it is um where do you think the turning point was for her where she realized that she's not you know she's not able to drink a cup of something and never be thirsty again yeah i don't know if she I think she probably turns and we don't really read this. John doesn't really get into it, which is actually interesting also. Like right. that's not the, the point of the passage, but uh, it probably lands at the very end where he says, I who speak to you, you and he. So mm-hmm. remember at the very beginning, it's if you knew who it was who asked you for a drink, you would ask him for the living water. Right. 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 So at the very end, verse 26, now she knows who this man is, the Messiah. And so I think we can presume that she asks, right? right? She, 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 it begins to dawn on her. I think she actually goes back into the village. She goes to everyone that she knows and tells people, Hey, let me uh, show you this man who knows everything about me. Right. Right. Everything about my life. Like, I think, that's probably where, you know, there's a, an awakening probably that has taken place within the Samaritan woman. But I think it's like this slow revelation. So, right, she she keys in on this eternal water that uh, so she never thirsts again. And so she latches on to that and thinks it's physical. But then I think she starts to, it starts to dawn on her that there's something more here and it's more spiritual in verse 
um, 20, mm-hmm. where she makes this statement and asks about worship, right? Right. Okay. You, you know more, you know, there, there's some spiritual <clears throat> things going on here that you're trying to teach me. Okay, so give me the answer. Where do we worship? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the interesting thing about that worship question is it's um, more importantly, it's not just how you worship, but it's where. And that location question is because you worship where God is present. Right. And so behind that issue of worship is that question, where do I go to be in the presence of God? And that's, um, and and the irony of it is she's right in front of God. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's what's kind of funny about this whole interaction is that she's asking the very one, you know, (laughs) she's in the presence of God and she's asking where it, where's the presence of God, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, I'm looking at verse um, starting with 21 where Jesus is telling her a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Um, mm-hmm. So is he saying to her then, that well kind of going on to 23 a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for they are the kind of worshipers the father seeks um so what is it is he saying there as a as a gentile person um you there's not going to be a limitation (laughs) to where you where you are worshiping yeah i think so and this is where it's very interesting. You know, the more that I read and study the new Testament, the more that I see how it aligns with itself. So Hmm. a lot of people think that, um, you know, there's, there's John, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospels and what Jesus is teaching. And then there's Paul (laughs) and some people read the gospels and then read Paul and say, man, it almost sounds like they're talking about two different things or sure. Um, but when you really dive into it, it's not, it's, they actually, uh, seem together very well. Uh, Paul may use different language, but he's talking about the same concepts. Mm -hmm. And I think this is just one example of that. So, you know, she's talking about where to worship and the, um, Jews worship in the temple Mm -hmm. and, Gentiles aren't able to go into the temple. So they're cut off. Right. They're they're outside of that. And then, you know, then there's uh the outer court where the women, you know, Jewish women can go, and then there's a an inner court where the Jewish men can go, and then there's the priests that can go into the most holy of holies and and so there's the, like this um separation between God and people. Right. And um, and so what's interesting is what Jesus is for foretelling is there's a time when all that that kind of structure and that distance um, is going to come crumbling down. Right. And he also, um, as and, far as to say, and the time is coming and has now come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's right here. Right. It's, it's right at the doorstep. Yeah. Which is which is pretty astonishing um, what he's talking about. And. Um, Paul picks up on that, like in Romans, you know, where it says now there's no Jew, Gentile, Mm -hmm. slave, free man or woman, like Mm -hmm. all, you know, um, 
all are one, all are equal at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of imagery in that, and and Paul really breaks that down theologically for us of what that is. But Jesus was talking about it before Paul. That, right. That's where Paul got it from. <laughs> Paul's not just making stuff up. So it's, it's pretty it's pretty cool to see uh, Paul expound on those ideas and concepts that Jesus was was preaching about here in John chapter four, you know? So what do you think, um, you know, from today's standpoint, this, this particular passage, or or, I'm sorry, that that, those particular verses, let's say 21 through 24 um, in John four here, what does that mean for us as Christ followers today? Yeah. When when it comes to our worship, Um, sorry, my cat won't be quiet. Now's your chance. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I guess it's my chance. But it's it's our way of thinking today about church, mm-hmm. especially in the American cultures. Is I don't know if we really grasp what it is, just in the way that we communicate it. So I kind of talked about this, where it's we we make statements like we're going to church, mm-hmm. and um, we think of church as as the building, as the structure. Right. Um, and, and when we, even when we talk about serving the church, we think about serving the church, like on a Sunday morning, right. Right. Or, but, but in actuality, you know, the church are people. Sure. It's, and, and when we gather wherever we gather, it's, it's the church gathering. Mm -hmm. And so there's this, this amazing concept of, where we, where, wherever we are, God is with us. Right. Um, and yeah, so w- when we gather on a Sunday morning, that's, that's a holy moment. Sure. Um, but also since God, since we are the temple, almost every moment of our lives can be a holy moment. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's something that we can think through just as followers of Jesus and what that means for us for just everyday living, right? You know, when we get up in the morning, uh, when we go about our day, we're we're taking God with us as as this temple. Um, and so, what does that mean? You know, when I engage with people, um, when somebody cuts me off, yeah, um, I, I, in the road or you know whatever that may entail, it's like right. boy, this this starts to get real quick. Sure, knowing that that I'm the temple of God. So. Right. And especially I think after, I mean, after you leave a church service, you might feel like extremely strong in your faith and you're riding high because it was a great sermon or a great music or whatever. And I think as you go throughout the week, if you don't foster that, it's you, you, you start to lose it a little bit for lack of a better word. And yeah. so, yeah, I think that what you're saying is, is spot on. And I think even more so, in today's society, I think we're facing a lot of, uh, I don't want to say, well, I'll just say issues that, that you're going to have to make decisions on as a Christian. And you might get flack for some of those things. 
And, but it's, but I think it's another way to, to worship is by doing what is right in the eyes of God and what God says to do. Um, even yeah. if you're getting flack for it here <laughs> and it's, it's yeah. becoming harder and harder to do every day when, when, you know, people are kind of criticizing you for it, but yeah, well, and Jesus wasn't a stranger to criticism, right? you know, and the one of the things that I've been looking through, uh, you know, we're, we're studying through Matthew here mm-hmm. at Sawyer and um, preaching a series on Matthew, but it's, it's actually the same in the book of John as well, where there's at one point in John later, you're going to see crowd, the crowds get offended. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think this is another astonishing event that takes place where Jesus starts talking about being the bread of life. Mm. Um, and that you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And they, the crowds or the people do not know what to do with this. <laughs> and so they keep, they keep asking and interacting and they have this long conversation about this. And in the end, um, it says that this crowd, um, takes offense to it. They said, your words are offensive. We can't take this. Wow. And they actually abandon jesus they leave and um doesn't that sound like today <laughs> yeah well, yeah and and the and here's the, the crazy thing i think is jesus turns to the 12 and so imagine today like um you know this this amazing speaker and his whole energy and ministry is up with these people and they're following him and so you're like man i'm into something good here right like this is building there's a ton of people and they're they're following and and we're part of this and then this guy says things that offends everyone they walk out mm. and so i can just imagine the 12 disciples just with their jaw dropped right. like what just happened right and, and jesus turns to them and says do you want to leave too <laughs> he's like giving them an out like right uh what about you you 12 are do you want to go too like he's he's giving them the choice right and that's where peter makes that um wonderful confession where should we go mm. you have the words of eternal life right and <laughs> um and it's interesting what jesus responds back is and aren't you the 12 who i called mm. who, who i've chosen and so it's um that um, isn't a very, when we read that, it's, it's not a very friendly Jesus. <laughs> um, you know, like he just, he speaks the truth and sure. he lays it out there in a, in a pretty um, sharp way mm-hmm. and people couldn't handle it. And mm-hmm. it looks as though Jesus was okay with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. A lot of sure. Well, because I mean, we <laughs> face we face like it's almost like we're at a crossroads every day with different situations and whatever yeah. society is considering normal and whatever. So, yeah, it's that's like a reality check when G- Jesus is telling the disciples, "Do you want to leave too?" That could be, you know, you or me that he's saying that to. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. That's and it. so it's very interesting and. And so for today's society, yes, we, we are facing some 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 culture wars and right. some major divisions. Sure. 
And the question then is, is, is how are we as Christians to engage with that? Right. And, and one, to be faithful to the truth, to speak the truth, but to speak it in love. Mm-hmm. And, um, and without being overbearing and, yeah. you know, and so there's a, there's an interesting, uh, line that we have to try to figure out where that is absolutely as christians in our culture and um yeah it's it's a great conversation to have with people because it's not easy especially in today's society right well mike that was all i had for you today did you want to uh end with anything in particular any any last words of wisdom Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, I, we kind of went across the board here. Sure, yeah. From John chapter 4 to, you know, even how some of these things apply today. Right. Um, you know, I would I would say the one thing that I would add is, you know, especially today when we get very practical of um, our Christian walk, hmm. um, you know, it, in today's society, I think one of the um, – someone that we can look to that is a great example of how to engage with our culture um, and still maintain, you know, faithfulness in Christ is to go to the book of Daniel and um, read Daniel and how he engages in a culture that is contrary to his culture. I mean, and he's in it too. I mean, he's um, been renamed. Right. right. (laughs) He has to learn a new language, a new culture. Um, but he holds on to his own culture, and it's very inter- interesting when you read through the book of Daniel, how he does that is um, is a wonderful example for us. So, you know, it's not the book of John, it's not John chapter 4, but I would just encourage if anybody's listening, man, check out the book of Daniel and um, and how Daniel engages with people, and even when people, his enemies attack him how he interacts with authority um, and how he, he sticks with uh, being faithful to the Lord. Um, It's definitely a testament to, to what it looks like. And I think it really applies to our culture today. So, right. Well, I will, I will put that in the uh, description notes here as well. So people can check it out. Well, thank you for joining me today, Mike. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you um, coming on Sunday too. I really enjoyed your message. Oh, thank you. Yeah, any any time. Uh, hopefully, it won't be something where, you know, Rich is, you know, and not feeling well in the hospital. Right, <laughs> right. Hopefully, we'll have you know easier I, circumstances next time. time but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, is it all right if uh, anybody has any questions or comments about uh, this podcast or your message? If I can uh, pass your contact info along in our description as well. Yeah. Okay, great. I'll no do that. Problem. Awesome. Yep. Great. I will do yep. that. So if y'all have any questions, you can direct them to Mike. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for listening and we will catch you next time.